tree 
Nazareth. And the word Nazarene means a branch. Jesus was called a Nazarene. And this word branch became yet another name for the Messiah, the Saviour. Here, this morning, we have a picture of Jesus Christ, the branch. Now we see Christ coming from the stump to save the people. He is called the branch of the Lord. In chapter 4 and verse 2. On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautifully beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of Israel's survivors. In the book of Jeremiah, he's called a righteous branch. And in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 5, it says, Look, the days are coming. That is the Lord's declaration when I will raise up a righteous branch for David. Go over to Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 8. Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your colleagues sitting before you indeed, these men are a sign that I am about to bring my servant the branch. And then a couple of pages further on, turn over to chapter 6 and read in verse 12. You are to tell them, this is what the Lord of armies says. Here a man whose name is Branch, he will branch out from his place and build the Lord's temple. The Hebrew word for branch ties in with the name given to Jesus in Matthew 2 and 23. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he will be called a Nazarene. this morning describe the branch as follows. Matthew describes David's branch, David's righteous branch. Mark, my servant, the branch. Luke, the man whose name is the branch. And John, the branch of Jehovah. David McKenna in his commentary makes the following comments. Only the most calloused critic would try to deny that this oracle announces the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. In an earlier passage we reproduced to him as the priest. 
emphasis upon his attitude, attributes of wisdom, power, love, and peace, where it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. emphasis here extols the virtues into the promises of his character. And in chapter 11 and verses 2 and 3 we read, The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And in verse 3, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge, but what he sees with his eyes, he will not execute justice. By what he hears with his ears, he will, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He shall strike the land with the scepter. We notice, first of all, his character. Second, we notice his governance in chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. His delight is the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice but what he hears with his ears. But he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land, he will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth. He will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness shall be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. Then of his kingdom, and in verses 10 to 16, we read these words. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for his people. The nations will look to him for guidance, and his resting place will be glorious. On that day, the Lord will, be, will extend his hand the second time to recover the remnant of his people who survived. From Syria, Egypt, Hathros, Cush, Elam, China, Haman, and the coast of the islands of the west. He will lift up a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the, the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And friends, envy will cease. Judah's harassing will end. Ephraim will no longer be envious of Judah. And Judah will not harass Ephraim. But they will swoop down on the Philistine flank of the west. Together they will plunder the people of the east. They will extend their power over Adam and Moab. And the Amorites will be their subjects. The Lord will divide the gulf of Suez. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates. With his mighty wing, 
to foresee the promises of God for the coming of the Christ is to break out in the soul. And in the next chapter, in chapter 12, is that song that uh, they were to sing. It says, on that day you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord, although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me indeed. God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my soul. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make his works known unto the people. Declare his, that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the whole earth. Cry out and sing. Citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. As his final oracle for Judah, Isaiah gives us a song to sing in that day when God's promises are fulfilled. The Messiah will not accomplish God's will by human means. This ruler will have the very breath of God upon him. He will be under the control of the Holy, of the Spirit of the Lord. He will not be spiritually barren like King Ahaz and the Jewish leaders before him. He will be endured with the Spirit of Yahweh. The Old Testament taught that the Messiah would be under the control of the Holy Spirit. It is not that human spirit that Isaiah is referring to in verse 2, but the Spirit of God producing divine character. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel, and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. With this description, our minds hearken back to the trial with the four names in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Wisdom, counsel, omnipotence, fatherly security, Giver of peace characterizes this king. Alexander McLaren observed, there has never been but one manhood capable of receiving and retaining the whole fullness of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Yahweh brings all these gifts upon Jesus of Nazareth. Christ came not empty came. He came with the fullness of God upon him. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. The complete control of the Holy Spirit 
is he who produces the wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and fear of the Lord on his life. Here is one man who was completely at the disposal of God, the Spirit, every moment of his life while he was on earth. There was neither taint nor restraint but carnality upon him. The Lord Jesus Christ possessed the Holy Spirit without measure. In him is the perfect indwelling of our humanity by the Spirit of God. All of the equipment comes through the Spirit of Yahweh perennially and in superbly measure. How did Jesus accomplish the Father's will? He did it like the prophets of old, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord in Zechariah 4, 6. Luke describes how Jesus began his public ministry in the hometown of Nazareth. Jesus entered the synagogue one Sabbath day. That was his custom. He stood up to read from the scroll that had been handed to him, and he read himself in the public office. The passage for the day was taken from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, and Luke chapter 4 and verses 18 and 19, which speak of the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to pray. Luke tells us Jesus closed the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down and began to teach them in the synagogue. Jesus said, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus brings supernatural righteousness into the affairs of men. He has understanding, wisdom, counsel, and knowledge. It is fair and just. He would need the fear of the Lord. These are the perfect attributes of a wise judge. Isaiah 11.2 has been read again and again in English history when judges and magistrates have been appointed. They have been said or sung at the coronations of our kings and queens for centuries. Of this branch, from the root of Jesse, the descendant of the line of David. It is said that the Spirit of the Lord will remain permanently on him. Therefore, he will be absolutely fair, wonderfully wise, understanding everything. 
so that when you go to him with your problems, to the Lord Jesus, you go to someone who is wise, you go to someone who understands, you go to someone who will counsel you well, you go to someone who has the might to help you to see things through. You go to someone who has knowledge. He knows you better than you know yourself. And you go to someone who has a reverence for his heavenly father. Could we this morning go to someone better to a better person say that Christ became a servant in the of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises of the fathers and so that the Gentiles might may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and I will sing praise to your name Again, it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with this people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, for all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. see all three persons of the Godhead in chapter 11 and verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord, Jehovah, shall rest upon him. Certainly, the Holy Spirit empowered Christ in his ministry here on earth. And the Spirit shall empower us today to enable us to serve Christ and glory in Him. Acts chapter 8, the one verse 8 says, But you shall be witnesses unto me after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you go out to Jerusalem and be near into the uttermost parts of the earth. Chapter 11 and verse 4 it says, We have a description of the glorious kingdom that Christ will establish when he returns to reign, that he will judge the poor righteously and execute judgment. And for the oppressed, he 
Christ's mouth that he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. This morning, this is Jesus who is divinely equipped to be our Savior. And we are called serve him. And at this Christmas time, as we remember that he came as a baby, grew up as a man, endured the cross, is now ascended on high, and the Holy Spirit has come to give us that which we need to help us to love and to serve him as he leads us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for what a wonderful Savior we have. And the way in which he does minister to us in our needs. For the way in which He loves us. And we pray this morning that you would help us to love Him more for who He is. And to help us to serve him more faithfully. Because we pray these things believing in his name.